Today's episode of Wrestle Ramble is sponsored by Wrestling Arcade's Kickstarter project Pro Wrestling's Greatest Moments, a pixelated guide. Wrestling Arcade is a fantastic Twitter account which I've been a fan of for years that recreates classic wrestling moments in glorious 16-bit graphics like the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive, or the Sega Genesis for our American friends. You know, the golden age of video games. You may even recognize Wrestling Arcade's work from the intro of Being the Elite, and now Wrestling Arcade have launched a Kickstarter for a coffee table book version of their work, which will cover classic moments from WWE, WCW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, NXT, AEW, and more. The book will contain nearly 400 pages of moments hand-created in pixelated goodness. The book has already had support from the likes of Sasha Banks, Zack Ryder, Joey Janela, and Kenny Omega, so why not show your support too? Head on over to WrestlingRK.com for more more information. You can support Pro Wrestling's Greatest Moments, a pixelated guide from as little as six bucks. So support Wrestle Talk and support Wrestling Arcade. That's WrestlingArcade.com for more information. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble. Podcast. I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by El Figador Laurie Blake. Hey, man. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. And it's uh, I mean, Ollie said that he doesn't like podcasts where people just talk about the weather or like right. how hot it is within a certain studio. Yes. But it's like the hottest day of the year. It's 38 degrees. Yeah. I looked up the average temperature. That is the temperature of Djibouti. My uh, my wife said this morning. <laughs> <Of> your booty. <laughs> your booty is 38 degrees, sir. Speaking of hot booties, I was talking to my wife this morning about <laughs> the <laughs> weather. <laughs> and she said... So he keeps us sweet. And she said, it's basically the same temperature as Vegas, and that's the desert. Yeah. Yeah. And we are not in a desert. We are no. in, We're in suburbia. Well, it's the sort of... Yeah, and it's the sort of temperature of places in which... They have air conditioning, and oh, people yeah. scuttle between buildings and shade, and we don't have any of that. So yep. even inside, it's really hot, and you're just sweating the whole time. And to make matters worse, on our way, I was walking to the office this morning after mm. getting off the tube, and I noticed there was a lot of water in the road, and some very panicky men trying to sort something out. I thought, balls, 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 balls. That was more or less what I heard. Yeah, and I was like, huh, what an odd thing to see every morning. Then we get to the office, and our office manager walks around and goes like, by the way. Way, uh, the workmen have drilled into the uh, water line. There's no water in the office. So even if you wanted to cool down, you can't. You can't. Well done. <laughs> we, she said it'd be fixed within an hour, and it was done by... Three hours uh, later. Three hours later, but yeah. half one, I think we finally yeah. got water back in the office. This is the start. This is like 
first circle of hell stuff. This is like on the descent. Like when you, yeah. or is the ninth circle. But I like it. Are, they, are the circles ranked? I don't know. I it's, don't know. No, it's too much, man. I it's like too, it, no. man. I didn't want to get, there was, I was on the, the overground on the way from Stratford to our office, which is one stop. Mm-hmm. It lasts about five minutes. Didn't want to get off. <laughs> I, I considered riding it to the end because it's air conditioned. Well, I was like, yeah. it's like heaven on here. I uh, usually have to get the central line in, and I opted not to do that today mm-hmm. because I did not fancy going that far underground. Because no. I'm pretty sure the central line goes like the lowest of all the lines. Yeah. And it is the grossest, and it's so mm-hmm. disgusting on that line. I was like, no, I'm going to get a shepherd's bush. And I'm going to get the overground. It took me way longer. But when I stepped onto that overground tra- uh, the overground train, and the air conditioning hit me, I was like, well, this is bloody lovely. <laughs> oh, and gorgeous. I'm riding this practically all the way to the end. I uh, know, it's amazing. It's very nice. Yeah. Why does the central line go so deep? I don't know, but it's just gross. It's I might, I might get, that wrong. It has, to, it has to skirt the, the Earth's core <laughs> to, to pick up some of the heat. Yeah, I might be wrong on that. I don't know which is the deepest uh. one, but I just feel like because it's the, the grossest line, apart from the Bakerloo line, mm. which is just really, really disgusting... It just feels clammy, and there's no air conditioning on it whatsoever. But anyway, that's probably enough weather chance. Mm, Otherwise, Ollie will never listen to the NXT ramble. Which he doesn't do anyway. Um, But there has been a a little bit of um, controversy surrounding the podcast as of late. (gasps) And that is because there's been quite a lot of chat and debate about whether the podcast should lose the Super Chats. Ooh. And there were a few people, I had some angry tweets over the weekend from people who just really, really, really hate the Super Chats. And we, so we put it out to, you know, to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Discorders, the New World Discorders set up a poll. It was pretty much an even split. Some people like it, some people don't, but it was more in favor of keep it. And the emails that we have had since then have just said, keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, this one here comes in from uh, Safe that says, Hi, Owen, Davis, Danson, Blake, Quinnell, and Ham, you amazing sexy prick. Hey, Russell Talkers, <laughs> I'd like to give you my opinion on Super Chats because I personally have a strong one on them. They are honestly my favorite segment of the podcast because I like hearing your opinions on a variety of wrestling questions. And whenever they're not wrestling questions, you make them entertaining anyway. Please, please, please do not remove them because they tend to provide a bit of positive wrestling chat on episodes which are regularly reviewing Word Redacted episodes of WWE TV. Brilliant Um, was the word that was redacted. (laughs) Fantastic, imaginative episodes uh but to be you know uh, as impartial as possible there i did get a tweet the other day that said like um they they had they didn't get a chance to vote in the poll because they're not part of the new world discorder um and they said that they find them really annoying they really wish they would go and i was like well you know we i put timestamps in the podcast description so if you don't like them you just get past them but they made the excellent point. I'm going to bring up their name once I've found it because it was in my, my Twitter notifications. I get so many these days. <laughs> um, they made the excellent point of, but I'm driving. Right, okay. So it's very difficult to kind of skip past something when you're driving because as a responsible driver, you mm. should just be keeping your eyes on the road and both hands on the wheel. Or True. at least one hand on the wheel and one hand on your uh, gear stick. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So to speak. Mm. Um, So, I mean, where do you stand on it? Where do you think uh, the Super Chats should fall? Uh, I like the Super Chats. Uh, Maybe there's some potential for us to move them to the end for the drivers among people. Mm. I don't know. Uh, It's it's one of those difficult solutions because 
the good thing about super chats is they're random questions. So yeah. for every super chat you don't like, there might be a super chat you do like. That's exactly. I and I agree. And I think that the first, like the middle segment, is you know five ten minutes, and we 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 split them up into two two chunks for this reason. You know, uh, Jim uh, also messaged me to say that uh, do not change a thing. Leave in the super chats and keep them going. It's uh, Keep doing things in the consistently consistent manner you've been doing them. You guys are great. I will find that message. Where was it? Uh, try and fill for time for us when you've I'm finding this. What, with what? Just riffing. Yeah, riff, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think the super chats are fine. I found it. There you go. So no, yeah, I as soon as I started riffing, no, I haven't. Found, yeah. No, I haven't. Please carry oh, on. Oh my lord. Well, it's hard to riff when you're interrupted constantly. Sorry. This is the thing about improv shows. Is Sorry. You don't get interrupted constantly when you're doing stuff. Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, have you found it yet? No. No, we shouldn't be doing this live on air. This is the, this is the, this is the problem. This never mind the super chat. <laughs> this is the problem with what we're doing. Yeah, wasting time. I found it. Uh, it's from Oliver Drake who says, "I would be interested to see the result uh, results of this Twitter poll. I get that there's stamps, but it's inconvenient, especially when driving, etc. I just find it detracts from the enjoyment of the podcast." Mm. So thank you very much for that message, Oliver. Um, but also I think James Andy Hunt. Datsun detracts from the James enjoyment. He <laughs> also messaged to say, "Do not get rid of super chats on podcast." So I've, I really feel like it's more for falling into the category of keep them. A few people have said you should get rid of them because it's extra work for me doing the editing, but it's not mm-hmm. really. Um, so for now, they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep the super chats in. Someone did suggest, like you pointed out, putting them all together at the end of the show. That actually is more work for me. We could do a super chat podcast. Someone also suggested that as well, just doing, like, you save Whack all the super together. chats together and you just release it as a podcast at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So that's also an option as well. So we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Um, I'd, be, I'd argue that's actually more work for me. Would we have a super chat about it? Well, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. we will. That'll be a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll have a, a super chat about that off mic, probably. Yeah. Um, but we're going to dive into the NXT review because there was a big old return on this week's show, which I did not see coming. Um, and well, I didn't see the spoilers. And um, then at the end of the show, we're going to be doing your iTunes reviews because Ollie Davis has demanded we do them because he listened to a podcast that suggests that you should do it because that's how you grow audiences and, and whatnot. And um, we'll do more of that and we'll have some of your uh, emails as well. But anyway, here is the show. Let's chat about Peter Dunn. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you have seen the, you saw the spoilers yep. uh, when they happened. I was away when this taping had occurred, so all of this is very, very new to me. It's very, very fresh. So I have absolutely not a blues clue about what's going on in terms of NXT until I actually get to watch it, which mm-hmm. is quite nice because even when I try and stay as spoiler-free as possible. I tend to see a few things here and there. I kind of know where we're heading for the next takeover show mm-hmm. because we do the Wrestle Talk news, and yep. that's bound to just it become to a part up, of it. Yeah. So this, it's weirdly flown under the radar. Was isn't it? a bloody lovely surprise yeah. for me because I thought we were just heading in the direction of the Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong for the NXT North American Championship at Takeover Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, that's the direction we're going. Velveteen Dream comes out, cutting a promo on Roddy. Roddy comes out, cuts a promo on Dream. And I'm like, okay, yep, this is pretty much where I got it. And then all of a sudden, Pete Dunne's music hits. And I like, a girl? I sort of like sat up <laughs> in my seat, but a girl. And the crowd sort of erupted because they clearly didn't see this coming either. No. And Dunne is just, he's something else. Yeah. He's so over, yeah. In full, especially in full stars, well, because he's some of the best stuff he's done has been in NXT 
pro- proper NXT. Yeah. It's probably uh, nice for him to do something in front of a reaction. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, not just <laughs> for, for ed- an edited out UK crowd. <laughs> uh, but it it was just like people can see that he's the next big thing. Yeah. You just you get the the fact that like I I feel like he's a big deal. He does feel like in a, a way big that deal. he wasn't really presented even in NXT UK. Like, yeah. In NXT, <sighs> he he feels like a massive massive deal. Yeah, almost to the point where you're like, this belt's below him. Like, yeah. he should be in that sort of main event picture because he is just, like, he has got superstar aura he about him He could have walked out on Adam Cole and then people would have gone, yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Totally buy it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it was such a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he comes out and he doesn't say a word. And the crowd is going bonkers, chanting mm-hmm. bruise away. And I love that Roddy's just like pointing at him, kind of like, "No, you, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, you." Yeah. So, so he just grabs the finger, does the snap, and Roddy sells it brilliantly. Rolls out the ring, and he stands there with his little gun, and he just looks at the North American Championship and dreams like, "I don't want any part okay, of this. I, don't, I like my fingers, thank <laughs> yeah. you." Oh, hard pass, yeah. I think. And then he he steps out of the ring. And later on in the show, we find out that it is going to be a triple threat mm-hmm. for the North American Championship of Roderick Strong, Velveteen Dream. And the bruiserweight Pete Dunne. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It's good booking as well, I think, because it, it adds a dimension to the Roddy Dream match that wasn't there before. Because obviously, Strong and Dunne were together as a tag team, as a tag team at the moment that Strong did his heel turn. Oh, and yeah. that, was, that was how the Undisputed Era won the tag belts in the first place, right? Was uh, the second the, time. Yeah, I can't remember the they second time they re-won yeah. them, maybe. I can't quite remember. But either way, it was when he Roddy had, joined He them. handed them the match, basically, yeah. to win the belts. And so that adds this like whole element of history to it. One, and also just makes it so that it's not so much a given that it feels like this is all build to Undisputed Era all being draped in gold. Yeah, totally, yeah. Because yeah. you've got the... The other side of the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly facing Street Profits mm-hmm. in the show. Adam Cole's defending his title. So another Undisputed Era focused show we've got coming up for yes. TakeOver Toronto. But you're right, this kind of adds a new wrinkle to it. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. I feel so sorry for Roddy. Yeah. I, he's been screwed. He binned the champ. Yeah. To earn this title shot. Pete Dunn's done sweet FA and he's walked in and Regal's gone like, I think he deserves a title shot too. And I'm with Roddy's there going like, how? Yeah, and I'm at home going, yeah, how? <laughs> this is the problem. You can't be heels if you're justified. That's it. It's not It's not heelish to be like, no, I'm genuinely being dicked on here. Yeah, like, I am being. I'm being screwed out of a one-on-one championship <laughs> match here because you happen to be from the same country as him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it, it. He calls it favoritism. I'm like, yeah, this does feel like favoritism. I was speaking to my best mate, Johnny Sane, who <laughs> said, why don't you take Pete down for a bit? Yeah, well, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a lot. He's a lot of work. Could you mind taking yeah, him for a little says, bit? Well, we're doing the water thing at the moment, so it's a yeah. bit if you come over here. Bait's busy, so yeah. like, we'll just, just have done for a bit. Yeah, so I feel proper sorry for Roderick Strong. Like, mm. There's a the backstage segment where he's dragging a cameraman to talk to a Regal, and I've written here, he makes the excellent point that he should be the only one getting a title shot. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I feel like he's he... Also, is probably the character who's going to get lost in this feud. Mm. Like now, it's a three-man thing. Like Pete Dunne is so over that he can hold a crowd in the palm of his hand without having to say anything and just with a germ. Yeah. And Velveteen Dream is like amazing on the mic. Oh yeah. Roddy feels like the weak link in the terms of building this feud verbally. Yeah, no, or I, non-verbally, I but like, yeah. He's obviously going to be a standout performer in this match, and I can't wait to see these three. Tango at uh, oh, yeah. Toronto. But Tango in Toronto. Tango in Toronto, the, the lesser known Fleetwood Mac album. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah. I once had a Tango in Toronto. <laughs> it's a lie I didn't. 
they don't sell it over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it's Roddy does stand to sort of lose the most by Pete Dunne being entered into this feud because he was just starting to like. He's he's also been like the, probably the least pushed member of the undisputed era as mm. well. He's probably the the the, the least popular. I yeah, think. I think I think that's fair enough. I think that. Yeah, no, I'd certainly say that's probably a, a, not a controversial thought no. that he's the most unpopular member. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I really like Roddy. I love Roddy. I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been in love with him since his ROH TNA days. So I'm, I'm a big fan of watching his matches. And I really like his style. And I think he's grown leaps and bounds since joining the Undisputed Era yes, as well. Like, yeah. Because like those, when he was a babyface, like pure white meat babyface, they were pushing him as... I really liked it because I thought the video packages they were doing for him where it's talking about his very real life troubles mm-hmm. really were sort of putting him over to a yeah. whole new level. With his heel wife. With his heel <laughs> wife. Yes, yeah, quite, quite. But then this Undisputed Era heel turn like really lit a fire underneath him and he came mm. out with this whole new persona and I think that's when people start to be like, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Roddy can hang. He, he's got something he can show here. Well, this is the thing. I don't think, I don't necessarily think that persona can hang. Like I, 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 that persona works really well in the unit of Undisputed Era because I think they they've got that schoolyard gang vibe where mm. Cole is the talker and the leader, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's what the other Undisputed Era guys bring to the table. But they're all really good at it. Like yeah. Bobby Fish is amazing at shouting things while outside of the ring. Oh yeah, better than anyone else, I think. Um, but yeah, it just it feels like this promo, especially before Pete Dunne returned, really felt quite stilted and like you could see the patterns of what they were going for what they were trying to say and none of it landed quite the way I wanted it to I will say that not to be harsh but no no like, no, yeah. no I don't think you are being harsh really and I, I will say that I, I do agree with you actually that I think that this strong versus dream would have been a great match but the addition of Pete Dunne has made me so much more interested in it than I was when it was a one on one match but at the same time I think that Roddy's just been screwed, and I just think it's very unfair on yeah. him. Like in terms, of, in like the kayfabe world, he did deserve a one-on-one shot. Yeah, and he has that. He's had that taken away from him, and they're supposed to be the baddies. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird. Like it's a bit of a weird build. I think to Toronto in general that it seems actually quite disjointed because they could have done the build if they were going to do the idea that this prophecy is going to be fulfilled, which is something Adam Cole talks about on this episode of NXT. Oh yeah. You could have done a more concerted push by all of the Undisputed Era working together to get themselves all in the position to have title opportunities. Instead, it really feels like they sort of just rolled off the back of that one pin on Dream and were like, yeah, North American title shot. And it could have been a longer part of like yeah. feuding with all the relevant people mm-hmm. to build to that this series of matches that's going to happen and then that be the story of that night. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. But, it, I, you know, I thought the pop was great. I thought, oh, no, it was unbelievable. And, like, yeah, to kind of, like, round this off on a, on a positive... I think Dunn being back in NXT, and they did say he's back for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just means he's back for this takeover cycle and then he's going back to NXT UK. I just feel that he's too big of a star to have in NXT UK. You want to have this guy on proper NXT. I don't like to use the word proper NXT. Let's use the word main NXT. Mm-hmm. So I think he needs to be on this show. He really should be on Raw and SmackDown. Like, oh, he's yeah. that, like he is an absolute star. And I, I feel like having someone as good as Dunn is kind of being, is being squandered on NXT UK because it's a show that was created for very cynical reasons and they don't really put much effort into. Yeah, I think you've got to imagine that the, your Bischoffs and your Heymans of the world have their eye 
firmly set. Heyman's up. got yeah, Heyman. Heyman has to be got to be to right. Yeah. Absolutely. We actually don't have any Patreon backers to plug either because we've done all of our shoutouts for this month. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to get involved with that though. Maybe get your name shouted out on the Wrestle Ramble show. But I will give a little shout out to the Wrestle Ramble Extra that we uh, put up this week where Ollie and I reviewed Invasion for over three hours. We went into in depth about the WWF versus WCW quote unquote war that they had with Sean Stasiak and Meat and. <laughs> and and, you know, Mark Jindrak, all the big stars from WCW. Hugh Morris, loads of the top, top names from WCW. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a crap show. But it's like we had a lot of fun talking about it. There's clips of it up on our Twitter feed and everything, so go check those out. And on a Monday, we're going to be recording Ramble Club. Oh. And... Ramble Club, last month's Ramble Club, was called one of the best things we've ever recorded. And according to my wife, unlistenable at times. <laughs> so it was basically us. Woodpecker. It was us getting quite drunk, um, drinking a uh, Peruvian spirit. And it was delightful. It was a great time had by all. It was really fun. Yeah, it was at the end of it because I, like, I edited it and posted it on the same day. I couldn't remember half the things that we talked about. Like, I tried to do, like, a bullet list of what things that we covered in the show. I was like, I don't remember. No idea. No idea. Um, right, well, let's go over to Randy Andy Datsun, who's been monitoring your Soup Soup Super Chats. Yes, I have. And thank you to everyone who's watching, especially as WWE has just announced that they've lost 300,000 subscribers since WrestleMania on the WWE Network. Whoa. So, uh, oh, but that's like, yeah, I think that's pretty standard, isn't it? Like the post WrestleMania loss. Well, it, it's, it's quarter on quarter, so it's, I think it's still pretty substantial. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's not good news. No. <laughs> um, it's also not, It's yeah. just maybe not as bad news. No. Yeah. Anyway, we shall start. I'm actually as, surprised it was so like low. Mm, true. We are there. We'll start, as we often do, with Tim Arndt, who's given us a lovely donation. So thank you to Tim. Jobber JJ then says, Andy, thanks for replying to my email. I'll send my piece later. Question, if NXT is on TV, will Vince have any say or be in control? And the first bit of that is in reference to him wanting to arrive for the website. And if you do want to arrive for the website, uh, drop me an email, andy at wrestletalk.com. Um, yeah, to answer the question of Vince... I got to imagine, yeah, because they're doing this to compete against AEW, and if they're going up against the main competition, then surely Vince is going to want some involvement in that. Yeah, and like Meltzer was saying, that if they do that, Vince is going to pull out all the stops yeah. and like probably use main roster guys and that kind of thing. So like he's going to like it now becomes a case that it, it's not just like. Apollo Crews went back to NXT and Vince would be like, who? I don't care. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be like Seth Rollins might come back to NXT. And Seth Rollins is a man that Vince wants to build the company around. So Vince is going to take a very keen interest in using people who there is a knock-on effect if they lose or are handled badly on this other TV program to the main shows that he yeah. really cares about. That's it, yeah. I mean, you've got to imagine that if Vince had his fingers in the pie when it came to that Kushida-Apollo match, mm -hmm. Cruz would have won. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Cruz is a main roster guy. He can't lose to an NXT guy. And therefore, that match would have got played out very, very different. The hierarchy, Luke! The hierarchy! <laughs> There's a lot of very interesting stuff in The Observer about this that um, apparently, despite what AJ said on Raw, there are no plans for the OC to do an invasion of NXT. They're not doing anything like that. There's also apparently no plans to put uh, Balor in the club either. There's no, like, no plans are on the table at the moment. And they, they, Meltzer's kind of speculating what they're going to do with NXT if it's still going to remain a one-hour show. Mm -hmm. And if it does, then are they going to put their other one-hour show where they kind of do their sort of wrap-up of, like, WWE news in the second hour as a way to compete against AEW's two hours of programming? Or do they extend out to a two-hour show? Do they inject money into it? Do they Mm -hmm. take it as a touring brand? Do they just continue to film it in full sale? Mm -hmm. Like, it's... NXT moving to FS1 isn't just, it's now on FS1. It's a whole different thing. Like yeah. it ha- the, the production has to be a completely different show. It's a show. full restructure of the show. It really yeah. has to be, yeah. Is and there's talk off? that 205 Live might be joining that's, as yes, well. That's the other side so. of it. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, well remembered. That, um, yeah, apparently they might merge with 205 Live. Which actually someone emailed in on the Saturday show suggesting that they do. Hmm. Yeah, they should do. Because yeah. 205 Live with NXT's management system, if it, as long as it's not like NXT and then 205 Live. But how are they going to... NXT as one brand with all the cruiserweights in it, and that's just another belt on the NXT brand. Yeah. That how, would be fantastic. But how will they merge all 11 of them into the whole brand? It's going to be <laughs> so difficult. <It'd> chaos! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Japanese name says... Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling does a great job of ensuring that their mid-card titles main event at least three to four shows a year. Could WWE benefit from this strategy for Raw SmackDown? Oh, yeah, I mean, it would make them important. Um, but I, I feel like they did that, didn't they? That was when the Universal title wasn't on anything. Yeah, they and made then, the and then quite often, the, yeah, one, yeah, the Intercontinental belt was quite often main eventing things. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Remember the Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, Extreme Rules, yeah. Iron Man match? Seven, six, well, that's, or but that's, like that. that's the thing, isn't it? It's like if you're just... If, if the top belt means nothing, then it doesn't matter how much you try and make the other belts mean stuff. Like You have to make all the belts mean stuff at the same time. Otherwise, yeah. it's very difficult to have a knockout. Like, it's all trickled down from, like, this is the top prize, and yeah. then everything else has to feel important. But it's also the story. Like It has to feel important to the characters in that story. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you go for the belt? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jackson Bowman says Nyla Rose should only wrestle in the men's division because obvious reasons. Go get out with that. Absolutely yeah. get out with it. No, Jackson. Uh, Japanese name says out of these four wrestlers, who is the worst frog splash and why? <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, RVD, Montez Ford, or Tanahashi? I feel like he asked one of these last week, like who has the worst super kick? Yeah. Who has the worst one? I'm going to say Eddie. I always liked Eddie, though, because he, like he always sold well. it. Well, Eddie's was great. Like yeah. That's the problem. You've picked like, four of the best, and you're <laughs> trying to pick out which one's the worst. So I'm just going to say RVD. No, I like RVDs. Yeah, no, I like all of them. <laughs> not, I'm just picking one at random. Yeah, it's fair enough. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally just said the exact Montez same thing to Randy. Ford. <laughs> yeah, he's too high. Yeah, no, he's, no, he's he jumped too really high. He's he's RVD good, is yeah. too high. Yeah. RVD, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do three more for now. Flint Mex says, I'm still thinking about the monster pop Pete Dunn got. You'd think the full cell crowd just hear glass shatter. It ruled. I mean, I won't get that far, but yeah, no, it was, it was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, got out of their seats. Yeah. Uh, Justin Anzaldua, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's his birthday, by the way. Oh, so lovely. Well, Happy all, birthday. But he, birthday. he's donated, and then he's written $10, which is more than he's actually donated. But thank you very much. Anyway, Justin, we really appreciate it. Lovely stuff. And the last one for now is from Zachary Marsh, says, For an American, Pete Dunn is the best 
wrestler. It doesn't say in the world or anything, just the best wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I think he's awesome. He's so, so good. It's just one of those things that I, I'm not sure he'll ever get a share, uh, try that again, a fair shake of the stick because of his accent. Mm-hmm. He's one of those people that they'll just be like, I can't understand a word he's saying. Like, remember when, like, Nikki Cross did an episode of uh, Moment of Bliss a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it was when a Bliss was ill, I think. And so Nikki had to go out and do the promos. And she had to say, I know a lot of you struggle with my accent, so I'm going to speak very, very slowly so you can understand me. Mm. And I almost feel like that was told to her by Vince. It's like, you better tell people because they can't understand it. I can't understand a word yeah. you're saying, which means no one else can understand a word you're saying. So you need to go out there, explain that people can't understand you and speak slowly. Yeah, or just give them a manager. Or give them a manager. Give them a manager and yeah. then give them a really long run with the Intercontinental title to yeah. make it feel important. I mean, all good ideas. Uh, right, let's move on to the main show. We've got a recap of the Cole versus Gargano angle from last week. And then we got our uh, semi-final match for the breakout tournament between Jordan Miles and Angel Garza. So I didn't see Angel Garza's match because that's while I was away. So this is my first opportunity seeing him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's pretty bloody great, isn't he? Yeah, I think that was the, the best first round match was Angel Garza versus uh, what, whoever DJZ's become. Mm-hmm. I thought, hey, what a great Raheem character. Wild. What a great character he is. Like, yeah, he's, he's so amazing. awesome. Yeah. Because like, there's that lad in the Everton shirt who's at every single show. He's also a lot of AEW shows as well. He's the guy that the one who pulled that face at, um, <laughs> at a fighter fest. But like, so he's there sort of like, you know, trying to get a high five or a fist bump on him. And he just sort of ignores him. You're like, no. Yeah. And then walks over to this young lady at ringside. and was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and like gives her a little kiss on their hand. And I was like, what a brilliant little character beat mm. to be like, absolutely no, man. Yeah, <laughs> hello, woman, hello, hello lady. Hello, lady. It's Val Venus. <laughs> it was really, really good. And um, like Nigel even said that Beth blushed when he came past ringside. Oh, <laughs> that was that was amazing. Like when, when they they got into a really long conversation about his uh, quick change magic act. Yeah. And they were saying it wasn't an accident. It's like, of course it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a wardrobe. She was like, she called it a wardrobe malfunction. She was like, you knew full well it wasn't a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> I saw you blush. <laughs> you blush. He goes, you blush. And Beth brilliantly goes, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> It's really made me laugh. Have a lot I, of fun on that. I like Beth and Nigel together. I think they're getting some really good stuff. Um, so as for as much as I am raving about Angel Garza, I am not going to rave about Jordan Miles. No. I think his in-ring work is tremendous. I think his smiling gimmick sucks. Yes. I cannot get on board with Jordan Miles. Nope. Don't like the music when he came out. Nope. It's unremarkable. Yep. The smiling basketball thing. I dislike all of. Yep. Because uh, it like it, it, he's doing it even when it doesn't fit the story of the match. And this this was my critique of his first match in the tournament as well was that he was like he was smiling and looking happy, but he was getting beaten down. And it was like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like you should be finding another level at some point in this match where you turn it up and it's not that you're having fun and having a laugh and you go like, oh, spirit of competition. It, you should be like, okay, well I'm smiling at the beginning because I like wrestling. Yeah. You get beaten a bit, and then you get pissed off. And, he's got and a... then you come out with this amazing offense. And yeah. there was there was a good moment in this where he just lit Gaza up with kicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And that was, like, fired up Miles. But he immediately went back to being like, ha-ha. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, he's got a lovely smile. Mm. A, a brilliant smile. 
So is Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But I don't want Ronda Rousey smiling in, like when she's doing her stuff either because it was an inconsistent character and it made her look a bit like a goofball. Yeah. And I just think it makes him look... I mean, I've written so many times in my notes, God, he's annoying. It's a fight. It's a... It, you, as pretend as it might be, it's a fight. Like, yeah. act like it's a fight and not like it's, you know, you're just playing basketball. Like, yeah. Because there's a difference. It's like a basketball game isn't that serious because you're not getting hurt. And you can have fun and you can dunk on each other and you can, like, do tricks and it's silly. Don't treat wrestling like it's that same sort of competition. Yeah. It's not. He, when he's winning, he's hurting you. Yes. Act like it. Although I will say, at the end of my notes here, I've written deadlift German suplex. He's now my favorite wrestler ever. And he gets the shock pin. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you know, anyone hits a deadlift German, they instantly become one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, there you go. Easily so that, bought. Easily bought me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you got the surprise win. Crowd, I don't think we're ready for the finish. It did feel like that wasn't... It felt a bit flat as a, as a finish to the match. I think a deadlift German suplex is, is a not remarkable finisher. It's pretty impressive, though, isn't it? I they are it. impressive. They are really impressive, but they just yeah. they don't. A German suplex doesn't feel like the like Brock Lesnar's finish isn't the su- the the amount of German suplexes he You're does. You're very right. It's become so much of a setup move yeah. that it's hard to then buy it as an actual finisher. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but good stuff. He advances through to the finals and the other semi-final match between Cameron Grimes and Jonah Rock. Mm-hmm. I forgot what his name is. They've changed it to now. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Thank you very prisoner, much. Prisoner, prisoner. <laughs> uh, and that's, I believe, is going to take place next week. And mm-hmm. then the finals are going to take place at Toronto. Uh, so at I can see takeover. I can see Cameron Grimes versus Jordan Miles yeah, I could see as that. the most obvious, like, face-heel matchup. Like. Yeah, and Grimes is such a good slimy heel to kind of, like, push through the tournament because he's mm-hmm. got that cocky arrogance about him. It's just, yeah. it, it works for him very, very well. I just wish Gaza was the one going through. I just, oh, me I'm too, really, man. Feels like a star. Like yeah. he, he's got just such an like, and it's a fairly obvious character. Yeah. Like, but it, he does it so well, and like the quick change thing, I love. Like his his offense is really good. He's very athletic. Yeah. The schmoozing, like the he's got a sort of Zo- a weird Zorro vibe about him. Like it's just very like suave. And, yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. It's like a more refined Alberto Del Rio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Alberto Del Rio was a cracking gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like in its early days, in its first year, that was an absolutely money gimmick. No pun intended. It was a money gimmick. <laughs> it was really, really good. Um, and then as the match was coming to an end, or as you know, the match finished and they were sort of doing their celebrations, Shane Thorne grabs Mauro Ranallo's headset and asks why we're debuting eight new stars when they've already got Shane Thorne here. And I'm like, I thought you were the one that went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was looking Jack though. That's looking Jack, uh, man. Yeah, he's he's yeah. ready for ready for this comeback, but oh, yeah. this is the third repackage of Shane Thorne now. I guess like, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. the might be come out as the mighty Shane Thorne or the, I don't know, the kneeling man. Shane Thorne. <laughs> yeah, but it's also again it comes back to that conversation we've had for the last couple of weeks now of like we've got too many mid carders. Yeah. Too many mid carders with not enough to do. You've got absolutely too you've, and also you've got too many mid carders with not enough to do and you can't just make the story of all of them be uh Where's my TV time? Where, where, why am I not being used? Because, like, that story works in isolation. But this is what Raw and SmackDown are both doing these stories right now. Kevin Owens' whole push at the moment is based on, this is terrible. <laughs> like, this thing that we're doing, that we all work on, is rubbish. Why are we doing this? And that's basically, the NXT are basically having admin complaints yeah. as their storylines. I've been here for ages, and I don't get booked for anything. Yeah. It's, 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 
bad story. It's, it's not for me either. But um, yeah, Shane Thorne said that he doesn't need a tournament. He's going to break out on his own. Good luck with that. Um, Gargano <laughs> uh, kind of promo backstage announcing his stipulation. Because the gimmick of the night was that Gargano and Cole were unable to announce the stipulations that they'd picked. And Gargano picked a street fight. Mm-hmm. You know, fairly plain, but it's, you know. Yep. But playing off his uh, feud yeah. with Champa. That's what I was, my point was going to be, yeah, that it's very plain, but in storyline and character-wise, makes complete sense. And I, th- and I think it's clever as well, because it is, like, Johnny was... This is a really weird promo, because Johnny was doing... You thought he was putting on a I voice. I felt like he was doing a voice. He was like, uh, um, what was it? He said, like, you can bring some weapons, you can bring your boys... <laughs> Come round there, we'll have a... F- I don't know, he's just doing this weird sort of accent about it. Yeah. But I get, like... I like the fact that this is, like, fiery Johnny uh, Johnny Gargano, and it's like, I want to... Even if you bring the Undisputed Era, I'm perfectly happy to take them all on. Yeah. And this is, you know, he thinks to prove... He thinks to prove himself, he has to make himself an underdog. Yeah. Um, up next, we had Bianca Belair versus Zaya Lee. Uh, Blair was very strong out the gates and sort of dominated the match. Um... She tries to do the soaring suplex, but Lee got outside to kick, but then Belair um, hit the KOD and won. Yeah. Solid stuff. Nice bit of rebuilding for Bianca, who's taken quite a lot of pinfall losses. It was losses a as long squash match, is what it was. That's what, that's what I was going to say was, yeah. yeah, this was a squash match that went quite long. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, you would give the other person a bit more of the match, but it was just uh, Bianca Belair squashing on her for ages, yeah. which actually, I think, I do actually think works. In, in in terms of Bianca Belair's character because there were plenty of times in the match that it felt like she could have gone for a pin, she could have just like won it, and she was just like, No, 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 I'm just I'm proving to you that like I can just carry on yeah. dishing out punishment until I'm ready to win. Thank you very much. And to be honest, on a week where the main roster in ring women's wrestling action was thirty seven seconds, I'm just very happy to have seen <laughs> a two women's match on this show, even if one of them didn't have a finish. Yeah. Well it did have a finish, but it wasn't like a I finished. It was an angle. It was an angle, exactly. Killian Dane cut a promo. I love the setting of Killian Dane's promos. Really, really awesome. I mm. think it's it's one of the things I really like about NXT. Everyone's promos feel so different because yeah. they've all got like their own different backdrops. Really, really like this as well. Him in the projection room. Exactly. Yeah, watching old footage of like yeah, you know, yeah. war-torn islands. Yeah, and then there's some family photos. He says, "Oh no, got to sk- skip through those." That's when we went to Magaluf. <laughs> um, <laughs> just recapping uh, the angle. Uh, with Matt Riddle last week and he said um, in his world talking about his UFC world he might be the toughest but in my world there are no rules and I cannot wait to show you everything I cannot wait to bring you to my world mm. I thought it was just really really cool stuff loving Dane's promos at the moment yeah he's re- like and it was it's so refreshing to see him speak yeah like he's not he's just not said anything in WWE really since he debuted so yeah. it's nice to like he's clearly a very good promo and you should have been using him to do that for years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got security camera footage of Jessamine Duke finishing up a training session when Mia Kim runs in and does the cop from Dexter going, Surprise, mother effer! <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> which, made, which did make me laugh. And just attacked him out of nowhere and slammed her arm to a locker room. And I'm again going like, why won't someone call the police? Uh, yeah, I know. She is attacking... Innocent women for no reason. Mm. How is she the baby face? Yeah. And she was saying, like, remember this face. It's like, well, wouldn't, 
She saw you. Like, you work, <laughs> you both work here. It's, yeah. not, it's not like a random, like, you don't know who I am, but you killed my parents moment. This yeah. is a, it's Mia Yim. You know, you know who Mia Yim is. This, um, I think it was Stoke Hathley on um, Twitter um, was reposting this. And he was like, I was like, I mean, I don't want to be a snitch, but I am going to call the police because I'm a concerned co-worker. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. But like, it was, I thought this was a really cool, another quite cool segment. Of it. It, was, it was better than the last one as well, where it was like, this is a security. Felt more real. This was a security cam, not someone randomly filming GVs of a venue and then being like, oh, look, I'm mugging. This was actually like, yeah, we went back over the footage and found this. And Jessamine Duke sold this yeah. so well. Like, yeah. maybe because it genuinely really hurt. But when she is placed on the floor and then Yim kicks the door of a locker into the, her arm and shoulder. Duke starts rolling around and screaming and it felt very real. Yeah, it was totally. really good. It's just the actions of a heel. Mm. Um, uh, but I will say that I do... She's, cr- she's crocodile tears. <laughs> heel tactics. But I do like the story of Mia Yim getting rid of Baszler's cronies so that she can get Baszler one-on-one mm-hmm. at TakeOver. So I really do like that story. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing to do. I think it, I think it's it's a nice way to build the feud as well without doing very long talking segments. And it's yeah. like a really, it's a, it's when they finally come face-to-face before Toronto, it's going to feel very meaningful. That's what I want. I want, yeah, like Baszler's come out next week cutting a promo, pissed off mm-hmm. that you know that Yim's been doing this to her, and then the Yim just coming out feeling like an absolute boss. Yeah, and then them just having this big wild pull apart brawl. That'd be amazing. But, yeah, that'd be pretty really, wicked. really cool. Uh, then we got the Pete Dunn segment that we talked about with the Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong. Uh, there was also a promo for a DVD uh, about the twenty years of SmackDown, which kind of like chronicled all the best moments of SmackDown, like. Austin blowing up the DX Express, The Rock, you know, promoting the show, and like this is the first episode. John Cena's debut, Brock Lesnar and Big Show breaking the ring, and the Bellas debuting. Hey, and I'm like, huh? Is that really one of the greatest moments of SmackDown? You can look, but you can't. Talk. But I want to look. I want to touch. <laughs> I want to see The Rock. <laughs> Um, anyway, then we got the Strong doing his promo uh, backstage, and then we got Casey Catamaran. Um, Catanzaro. 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 Um, versus Ayup Shirai. Still not had a full match, Casey, is she? <laughs> Bless her heart. Bless her heart. She's been there for ages. Do you know what? Six months in six months' time she's gonna be I've been here for two years. <laughs> I've not done, I've not done nothing. Perfect Casey yeah. impression as well. Yeah. I want to lose to Punishment Martinez, thank you. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, she was taking on Helio Shirai in mm. her brand new pissed off mode. Love heel Eo Shirai. The whole presentation is oh, so good. Good. It's so it's great. I love that it's just I love the lights going black, the music is so cool, the like strobe the lights. strobe oh. lighting, the, the rapid cut uh, title sequence with just her name in Kanjin and her name in And her look with like the, the leather trousers and the black top and she's got like her hair feels darker, her, her makeup's darker. She's ju- and she's mouthing off to people as she's walking yeah. to them. She's got a brilliant attitude about her. Love it. Love well, the presentation. A, and it's but it's so it's so, like I, I think it's one of the clever things that NXT have done because their presentation of the last three Japanese stars to come through has been like really wacky bubblegum outfits. Mm-hmm. Like you know you've got Kyrie Sane is a pirate. Oh yeah. Asuka is like wearing. She's like a uh, like a rag doll yeah. outfit of like it's 
weird very, different mismatched different clothes. Yeah, she's, she's wearing a quilt she that wore, your nan made. She bought various different things off Etsy. Yeah, and then smushed them together. Yeah. Io Shirai's whole like uh, mask and it being very colourful, and then just to go down to plain black, even though that's obviously the most obvious heel choice in the world, feels so vastly different because NXT hasn't had uh, a Japanese female star positioned like that yeah totally I think it's such a cool presentation and when this match starts literally she like explodes out the corner with this drop kick and just kills her with these two knees mm. oh it was amazing she hit this butterfly backbreaker that looked amazing and then uh, Candice LeRae ran down and caused the DQ and she wipes out Io she does a big dive then she grabs a chair standing tall as Io walks off that was a cool little angle yes very good yeah. like and I yeah it would, do you think it would have been better if it was Kyrie Sane, though? 100% would have been better yeah. if it was Kyrie Sane. Like, Kyrie would have had such a huge pop for running down to attack mm. her. It would have been... The angle would have made more sense. And yeah. it would have had more emotional depth to it. Just a shame that SmackDown had to call her up for all those good reasons that they had. They had a match in Japan that no one saw, and apart from in Japan. led to a DQ finish, and has, I think has now been dropped because <sighs> the Iconics are feuding with Fire and Desire or something. Oh my god. So, you know, they called her up for all the right reasons, I guess, and yeah, it, yeah. It robbed us of this storyline. And I love Candice, and I'm, I'm glad to see Candice doing something that isn't, what are you doing this week, Johnny? Yeah, but it really... but it. But it, again, she's now just being a stand-in for someone else, and it really felt like there was there must be a time for Candice to have whatever her story is going to be, and her story probably was going. Her story probably should be what Keith Lee's been saying, what we were just saying. Casey Cameron should be saying is like she would be the perfect fit for that story because she's got other reasons why. Like she can go, you never gave me the shots, I never got the opportunities, but also I had to deal with this thing and this mm-hmm. thing, and people came after my family, and I had to get involved in this side of things. Now it's time for me to focus on me and my career, exactly, and doing this. I was in the Royal Rumble this year. Yeah, like, clearly people want me. She she would be yeah she would be so well placed to have that storyline. So yeah. it does feel very strange to me for now like and she is the perfect stand-in for this like she is the only other person I think that could have been in this role mm-hmm. K- like Casey kind of fits the bill only in terms of sort of I think she's quite petite she's like a uh, very happy-go-lucky pr- presentation yeah but Candice has the hearts and minds of NXT yeah yeah and I think she's the only person that EO, sh- EO could have turned heel on that wasn't Kyrie. yeah no I, I, so she is yeah, in that she's in that unfortunate position standing, of yeah. being like Weirdly over, despite having done Nout. Yes. I think she's got all the goodwill from her independent run, like, running through the full sale crowd. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, That was the other interesting thing, actually, that was brought up about NXT moving to FS1 as a possibility, Mm -hmm. is that uh, Melzer was saying, like, well, where do you put the developmental matches? Because the whole point of NXT TV is it's meant to be for developmental. You're meant to be developing these people so they're then ready for TV. You don't want to put developmental matches out on... National, on national TV, on national yeah, TV yeah. where people might see it. And they might go, oh, that's rubbish. Oh, that's a bit rubbish, yeah. yeah. I guess that still stays on the network. Well, like, that's what you said. Like, so you film then two shows. Is that an have... NXT like, main event version? Yeah. yeah, where you just have like the stars and then you put all of the developmental matches on the network. Yeah. The whole thing's going to be... It's, the next couple of months are going to be very, very interesting for WWE and NXT. Yeah. Now that AEW have officially announced their start date, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do as a retaliation. Yeah. Maybe just don't retaliate. I mean, yeah, you could do. You could, you could just go. Well, but they're trying to take food off our plates. Yeah, but not if you don't like. Not on a Wednesday. When, yeah, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like, you don't have any shows on Wednesday. So, apart from NXT on the network, which you didn't care about anyway. Also, can we just address 
how dumb of a statement they're trying to take food off our plate is. Yeah. Like, when the Attitude Era and when the Monday Night Wars was happening, everyone was making loads of money. Everyone was getting loads of food on their plate because the business was booming. Yeah. No one was taking any food off anyone's plate. If anything, AEW doing well is putting more food on his plate. AEW is just growing WWE, like interest in WWE because all those lapsed fans who might go back to AEW might go, oh, I remember WWE. And WWE can sit there while AEW is going, we've got Jericho. And everyone's like, whoa, Jericho? Watch a Jericho match on AEW. WWE can just go, Stone Cold's here next week. Yeah. And like, let's not forget, the Canela side just signed half a million dollar contracts. They've got loads of food on their plane now. Uh, yeah. Like, they're doing fine. You like, mock, but Vince went home last night and didn't eat anything. So he's just. He got, never he, does. He's <laughs> a weirdo. <laughs> he doesn't want to let the food win. <laughs> if I eat, then I have to poo. <laughs> he's just there, like, just feeding off essence. Mm, That's what mm. I think he does. I think he's maybe he's maybe an energy he vampire. The soul. That's, a, that's yeah. what I'm about to say. <laughs> he's he's yeah. the energy vampire. That's why he is the way he is. He's just an energy vampire. Yeah, that's it. So that's is that why the show is the same every week? Because he's feeding off our boredom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Adam Cole cut a promo backstage, and it's sort of typical, like the two sort of camera like cut together stuff. I really like this. He's again pointing out that Roddy has been screwed, but he says it doesn't matter because uh, the Undisputed Era will be draped in gold by the end of Toronto. And he announced the stipulation for his fall in the two out of three falls match. It's a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. This is brilliant. Right. I love this so, so much because yeah. everyone's expecting, you know, uh, a ladder match, a cage match, a whatever a match. A handicap match. A hand yeah, exactly. Something like that. He's like, no, I'm going to pick a wrestling match. Yeah. You call yourself Johnny Wrestling. Well, the last time you I, and I had wrestling matches, I beat you. I love serious Adam Cole. Oh. I, like, I, I love the fact that... I know what I was saying earlier, like, it would be good if the Undisputed Era were doing a concerted push. I mean, more just like if Cole was in the corner of uh, Roddy and Fish and O'Reilly separately and being, like, part of their mm -hmm. feud and, like, really pushing the team forward as the leader. But I really like, on his own, serious Adam Cole. I'm turning up to the ring... No Undisputed Era. I don't need them. I am as good as I say I am. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. I, and I, I, think it, I think it's really interesting because you, you, you know that this stipulation is going to go to the third fall. Oh, yeah. And so it, it depends. It's so interesting to think, what does Regal pick? Hmm. Because could we get Regal heel turn? <gasps> Regal picks handicap match and gives the Undisputed Era more men. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Fantasy booking for you there. Uh, next week, we had announced Tyler Breeze is going to take on Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons. Mm -hmm. I genuinely forgot what the stable name was for a second there. Um, irony. And Pete Dunne is going to take on Roderick Strong. Mm -hmm. Yes, please, to both of those matches. I'm looking forward to talking about this next week. Oh. I love these little teasers. Yeah. I love the fact that you know and I uh, don't. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm really looking forward to talking about it next week. Do you know what I'm not looking forward to talking about? No. This next match. Oh. oh mate. Keith Lee took on Damien Priest. Big Damo. Oh. Yeah. Oh, other Damo. Other, other, big other, other, other big other Damo. <laughs> yeah. Big and I look, and this really annoys me. I like Punishment Martinez. Yeah. I think Punishment Martinez is ace. Mm -hmm. I think he's great. And I don't want to sit here and talk about how I'm annoyed that he won. Yeah. Yeah. But this. The match was actually pretty good, actually. There was some really good stuff in this match. The finish sucked. It's classic booking yourself into a corner. That's exactly I think this it. Is what, like, unless they're going to do a couple of like runbacks on this and then put Keith over. 
But at the moment, it just feels a bit like, oh, okay, so this is the new this is the new guy that you're interested in until the next new guy comes through. Like, I don't I don't see where Damien Priest is going. I don't like, and when Dijak comes back. Yeah, Keith, and Keith Lee's in the mix, and you've got whoever else in that sort of mid card of like the mid card of not really doing much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know where like you go with any of these guys because you've then also got this now crop of breakthrough guys who are going to come through, and they're going to suddenly start getting pushed for things. So I just why put Priest over Keith here? Lee? Yeah. Like, why book yourself into that corner where you have to make that choice? Why not do? Uh, Literally, just do the die jack thing again. Just go to a double count I out, or, they a, might do. or it goes. It goes so far they call it off yeah. because it gets it gets too violent. It gets too whatever. Like. When they spill to the outside, I thought, oh, they might do a double DQ here or the yeah. double count out. And essentially, we'll just replace die jack with punishment Martinez, and we'll just you know call it a day, and we'll just sort of move in this direction mm-hmm. instead. Here's my little bit of fantasy booking that I'd like to throw your way, though. Go on. So Roddy wins at TakeOver Toronto with the North American Championship. And he's Roddy Strong. You know, he is cool. He is some. He's strong. But, you know, he's 5 foot 10. He's the same height as me. And then he gets booked into a fatal four-way with Keith Lee, Damian Priest, and Donovan Dij- like Dijakovic. You know, three big monster <laughs> men. And he's there going like, um, uh, I'm so strong. <laughs> exactly. I'm so much smaller than you. Spinach. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. I, I didn't get... Good vibes off this match. I because I'd also seen you watching it earlier, so I yeah. already knew the fit. Goddamn TV! Keep talking. Yeah, so I had already seen the finish, so I sort of knew the disappointment to come. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't gel as well as I wanted it to either. It, it I was hoping for the Dijak match again. That's what I was, and it never well. quite reached that level. And then had what I felt was a very flat finish. The one cool spot of this was uh, Priest hitting the so, Falcon Arrow. So cool. Um, but really, the, the big spot of this was when like Keith, Keith Lee rolls to the outside and Damien... It's Damien, isn't it? Damien yeah. Priest does a big flip dive. Mm-hmm. And Keith Lee catches him into a powerbomb. Yeah. And like it was, he didn't stagger. He didn't struggle with this. No, he, just, just, he just caught this ginormous man and was like, no, I got you now. Yeah. It was really but it was, cool. And it was, it was such a good moment of television as well because it wasn't just a catch and then move. It was a catch and he stood there holding him while all the crowd erupted. Yeah. And you could just see the look on his face like, yeah, nay bother. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, it was... Whoa, it brings him up. But then he doesn't get the powerbomb. And I thought that could have been a really good moment for doing something where you, you start to build this into a, a being a feud between the two of these guys. Yeah. Because... I think and Keith can and you know there can be something that comes out of this because Keith can be pissed off like when I mean, you only won because you pulled the referee yeah. from because Keith Lee did have the advantage because and like Priest rolls into the ring scared of Keith Lee that he's going to like hurt him so essentially pulls the referee in front of him and then uses the referee as a as a human shield hits the cyclone kick and the crossroads for the win mm-hmm. so Keith does have legs to stand and be like look let's have another match let's have another match you know, a no referee match or whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Um, because no you, touching. Because you effectively cheated to win. Yes. So there are, you know, foundations to build this from. It just kind of sucks that we've had the last couple of weeks of Keith Lee being like, I've been here for a year and I've done nothing. He finally returns to TV and he loses. Yeah, there's, there's, there, there must be people to put him against that would be a showcase for Keith Lee, but that would also not be hurt too much by Keith going over. Yeah. I get, and, I, and you do, and you do want it to be someone the size of 
Martinez. Like you do want it to be someone of priest size, but I get that they they've in their heads they're building priest. Yeah. What I did like about this finish though is that this is the first bit of character we've seen of priest really beyond That's true, going yeah. bows and arrows. <laughs> like this is actually like a proper. You know, he, we now know if he's a face or a heel. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. We didn't really know that before. We just, we, you just assume by his look that he's a heel, yeah. and now we, now we understand that he will go to any lengths to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that, so that is a, a positive to take away from this completely. Mm. Um, and I know that there'll be people in the comments being like, "You're only saying this because you know, Keith Lee likes you guys," but actually, I just think it's not the best storytelling I think there's something that can come from it mm-hmm. just kind of sucks as I said for like two weeks worth of promos to bring him back to TV and like my first note was god it's good to see Lee back on NXT TV well I think like, it's and the crowd was so into it as well that's what I mean it's like you're, you, it's, it's the wasting of someone who's so over and obviously so talented and I think like you know we we're very on the train of Keith Lee anyway but we were super on the train after seeing the Dijak match mm-hmm. and like and it was such a shame that that never got to come to fruition because of the injury um, and now then he go, then he has to disappear and be part of the Matt Riddle stuff and it sort of devalues him slightly and then to do stuff where you start to rebuild someone with promos and packages and it, they were really good and well done and made it seem like something was about to happen and then to sort of immediately halt that yeah. because even, even if this does spill out into a bigger feud and part of rebuilding Keith Lee at the moment, it just feels a bit flat. Yeah. And I'm hoping they pay it off properly. And there's definitely the possibility to do that. But currently, it just feels a bit like it was booked into a corner. So hopefully, there's more coming out of it. But at the moment, poor choice to go. We're rebuilding Keith Lee, and we're also building him. So let's just put a match on between the two of them. Yeah, you book yourself into a corner. You can't come up with a good finish. And, and that's, you know, they it's a, they made the rod for their own back. It's, it's mm-hmm. difficult to get yourself out of that. Overall, I thought it was a... A good show. It was fine. Um, I thought that the bit with uh, Pete Dunn was great, and yes. I love the Io Shirai stuff. And the rest of the show was pretty so-so. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It, it was, was okay. It wasn't quite. Still not lit that fire just yet under Toronto that I'm waiting for. I'm yeah. waiting for that to suddenly feel like this is a really important show that's happening very, very soon. It's it feels sh- like yeah. everyone's talking about it, but it, it's still very far away. It's a show that has got such a good card on paper that like, you're going to be excited for it anyway because yes. like all the matches are so good. But I'd like to see some like some real story heading into it. Because like, you know, the Cole Gargano stuff has got great stuff going on with it at the mm-hmm. moment. But yeah, I thought I'd like to see some like some real fire lit out of some of these feuds. Like the, the Street Profits Undisputed Era feud doesn't particularly feel very hot at the moment. No. The inclusion of Pete Dunne has kind of like made the, the North American match feel a bit good. Like, you know, feel a bit more alive. And the women's starters match has got something. But I'm kind of waiting for that Shayna Baszler promo to kind of like really kickstart it. Yeah. So I think there is, you know, next week I'm very excited to hear, particularly after your... Um, you, you're excited to see what's going to happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week. But then I'm always looking forward to watching NXT. Yeah, it is a, it is a top quality show until Wednesday, October second. Yeah. Um, well, it's a two-hour. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know what green we're gonna, screen affair. I honestly don't know what we're going to do. Done. I think we really. I, I don't know what we're doing yet. No. No, it's going to be one of those things. I keep thinking, like, man, me and Ollie need to sit down and work out how we're <laughs> going to do this because SmackDown's moving to Fridays. Like, I don't know what we're going to do with that. Then NXT and AEW. Are That's it. Yeah. Like, do we? Yeah. We can't. Do we? Oh, do we do two rambles? What do we do? What do we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Foreskin Max says <laughs> uh, predictions for Dream's entrance at Takeover. 
Hulk Hogan inspired. Yeah. Well, it's in Toronto, so maybe on a, on a, on a moose. No, yeah, he might, he might be like a Bret Hart thing. Held aloft by hockey sticks. Mm. Oh, I like it, yeah. He could skate to the like ring. Like an Egyptian prince, but with yeah. hockey sticks. Comes down as the goon. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a gimmick that was originally penciled for Chris Jericho, fun fact. Nice. Mm. Uh, King Kong, thank you very much for your donation. Thank you very much. Tame, thank you. Time taking time out of your schedule. Uh, Ryan B. Bad says, I think the third fall in the title match should either be a last man standing match or a ladder match. I'm pretty sure it'll be Last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Regal will come out and go, oh, oh, oh. I, just love, I just love these. I love counting. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. I won't do that. Reminds uh, me of Blackpool. <laughs> uh, Zachary <laughs> Marsh says, How would you machines. make NXT UK important and must see? S- sorry, so I, I missed that. We were talking about two P machines. Um, <laughs> Zachary Marsh says, How would you make NXT UK important and must see? I would say to make it better than the rest of the UK independency. Yeah, I mean, put some. Granted, in fairness, the UK scene is is on a bit of a downturn at the moment, anyway, in terms of popularity. Mm. You know, which is actually part of the U, uh, NXT UK, but it's. Um, I just don't think there's enough. Like they are promoting a show that's going to be headlined by Walter and Tyler Bate, which last year at Progress sold out Wembley. It was like, arena, un- it was and it was an unreal unbelievable match. match. It was like so good. It was, I think it was our second favorite match in when we did our Wrestle Talk top ten. It's my favorite match I've ever seen live. And it was yeah, and it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's certainly my top five, like probably my top three, like matches mm. I've ever seen live. It was stunning, and that match is struggling to sell tickets for NXT UK yeah. Cardiff. That is going to be a very very. They're going to do so much like tarping off to make that place look full. Mm. That shouldn't be the case. But they have presented it as not even the fourth brand. Like yeah. it's just it's just it's there. Grant, yeah. so yeah, to to answer the question of like what would you do to make it feel important, I wouldn't have started it for cynical reasons. I would have done it because you thought it was something that needed to be done. Mm. Yeah, it's just toiling in obscurity and it's 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 progress with all the personalities sucked out of it. Yeah, so it's just and it's it, that's the problem. It's just it it feels like a very neutered version of what brands itself as punk rock rock uh, well, pro wrestling. It, yeah, you like know, like Jim Smallman spoke like he is a punk rock guy. Like Progress was punk rock wrestling. Yeah. But NXT UK is like, I don't know, Blink one eighty two. Like it is yeah. it's it's commercialized pop punk yeah, but, and, yeah. it, and it's not as good but it's, it's the WWE it's the WWE model of having suited and booted uh, general managers and famous faces and all that kind of stuff when they they should have just put Smallman on the telly and just gone you know what like we're just, we'll just we're do doing, progress we're doing it like progress and yeah. it, you know just don't do the swearing bit like <laughs> yeah. but do all the catchphrases do all that fun stuff like make it feel like your show and then the only thing they need to take, the only bit of WWE they need to take is a bit more of the character presentation stuff that WWE is very good at. And NXT specifically is very good at. Adam Cole's of the world cutting their promos and stuff because yeah. that's, I think, the one area where the NXT UK brand is probably lacking. Yeah. Like we were saying about Pete Dunne earlier. It's like, you know, he's probably not going to be the champion on the main roster in the way we want him to be because of his accent. Yeah. So it would be good to think around that. Yeah, Send yeah. ships of American guys over there to be people's managers. Like whatever you need to do, like do more promo classes. I don't know what it is, and I'm sure everyone's got it in them. But the way you're working it out at the moment isn't working. I think with the like the progress thing kind of makes a lot of sense. Of like why don't you just just take progress and put it on there? But I think there would have been some backlash from that hardcore progress audience mm. that don't want to be associated with WWE. Yeah, well, they, the they want to be their you know their punk rock 
alternative. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to work yeah. for a man. No. Uh, Angel Angel Perez says, Done is why Strong could win the title at TakeOver. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think Strong's going to win. Yeah. Uh, Nater's yeah, WP says, Luke, your l- smile and laugh are so infectious. Oh, thanks, man. I won't even understand the joke, but you laughing makes me laugh. Thanks, Laurie, man. I'm your number one fan. Randy, you're okay. Just kidding. All of you guys are amazing. Thanks, man. It's oh, very, very kind of you yes, to say. Thank Two you, truths Nater's. and a lie. <laughs> um, JC says, love the channel. You guys make the wrestling community go around. Love from Chicago. Oh, well, thank, oh, thank you very, very much. much. Hope yeah. you're going. I mean, are you going to all out? Yeah. Don't you, don't leave another super chat. Just tell Randy yes. in the, the the main chat. But yeah, do that. Let us know if you're going Steve to all out. Steve Winyard says, "Is Vince about to ruin NXT?" Um. Yeah. I, I mean, we, yeah, it, it, to be honest, it's, it's a case of time will tell. Yeah. And it's one of those things, though. If he's ruining the NXT, might, it might mean that Raw and SmackDown have a bit less oversight from him. So it might, they might get better. Yeah. You never know. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Benny Sato, who is Tomo's number one fan, says, hashtag justice for Datsun. Cheers, Benny. Yeah. Um, nice guy, Benny Sato. He's really he's nice. He's a chat. very nice chat. I was talking to him earlier on Discord. Speaking, sorry, on the uh, the all out thing. Thank you to everyone. Uh, Conrad Thompson put up a tweet asking, "There's one last podcast slot available at Starcast," and he said, "Tag in your favorite podcast." So I'd just like to thank everyone that, that tagged us. It was very, very nice of you. Um, Nate dropped surname says, "New Day keeps all the belts. UE wins all the belts. Who else would you add to New Day for a War Games match between the two factions?" I don't know why anyone's a new day. That just ruins their their dynamic. Kevin, even Owens. for like a one-off. No, no. Um, I mean, maybe it's a one-off, but Byron then, Saxton. I, I, yeah, I just think like adding someone in would just sort of dilute what's fun about the new day. Mm. Yeah. Um, I won't tell you who this is from Luke. You've got to guess. He says, "Guess who turns Breeze. nine? <laughs> guess who Breeze turns? Would have been good in the new day. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, but actually, yeah, that actually makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Guess who turns 19 today? It's one of your favourites, Luke. Who could it be? Is it Jaron Walker? No. Raven? No. (laughs) Raven. (laughs) Is it the Ghostbusters? (laughs) It's Zander Zander Mania Uh, turns 19 today. Yeah, so happy birthday, Zander. Happy birthday. Ghostbusters. (laughs) Justin Duncan says, Era should win all the gold and defend it in war games. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I mean, I'm still pulling for undisputed era club war games. Oh man, it's so no, good, but no. it's it's likely not going to happen. But no, yeah. because they won't want to put a so main roster team. Cool. That would be so cool. Because they couldn't have if, if it was going to be for all the titles, then they couldn't have a main roster team to be win for all it. The titles. They could have a main roster team win it because it's going to go on. It's going to be on the telly, so yeah, it's fine. True. You yeah. just do that, and you just do a uh, till the next pay per view. Mm. Run with it. Yeah. Tanmesh Shah, thank you for your donation. Thank Ali you. G, thank you. Uh, the Ali G? It must be, because it says Ali G. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so nice working in or working for a company where there are two people that when I say the words B82 Red, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm on about. You know what I'm saying. Because I had to explain that joke to my wife. She's like, never say that again. B82 Red. B82 Red. <laughs> uh, and she doesn't like Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Apparently, Xylee's Instagram is fire. There you go. Cool. Um, Thanks for I don't know what an Instagram is. Uh, Mr. Doback says, I hear it's hot in England. I'm used to it. I'm in Australia. Ha. Well, yeah. I mean, we were actually saying on the podcast that it is currently the same temperature as Las Vegas, and that's the desert. Mm. 
It is about 40 degrees. Probably hotter in the sun here. Yeah. So that's it's Celsius, the sun. which is about 95 maybe Fahrenheit. I don't know. That's, it's, it's a made-up uh, it, term to measure heat. It really is. Uh, and I'll combust Celsius. like a vampire if I go outside. <laughs> Thank you for your donation. Um, Benny Baron. Sato yeah. says, Shinsuke Nakamura debuting on SmackDown was fantastic. Was it? I don't remember it, to be honest. I don't, that was out of the blue, but thank you for your effort, Dad. I don't remember, uh, I don't remember I think it was after WrestleMania, but I don't really remember what it was. Uh, Ralph Marion says, when AEW debuts on October 2nd, do you think NXT will have a big match that week to help people keep watching their product? If it's debuting on the same night, um, absolutely they will. And bearing in mind, when Impact went on a Monday, it was the first time they went to a Monday to go head-to-head with Raw, they brought back Bret Hart to have him and Shawn Michaels hug each other in the ring. Like, they will go to lengths yeah. to get people to not watch other it's wrestling products. It's one of those products. things, because like, sometimes their lengths are a bit lame. Like, Raw Reunion, I think, is a bit of a lame example of it. It's just like, we're just going to do a load of not wrestling sections. It's like, no. Wrestling. Like, if you said Stone Cold's coming back to the ring, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Stone Cold coming out and lamely drinking some beers, heavily, heavily edited beers. Yeah. Uh, not interested. But, you know, to USA's credits, and USA Network's credit, not the country, USA Network's credit, was the highest rated Raw of the year. True. No, that, uh, yeah, and I, I think that's the thing. They do understand that that is the pulling power of it. But I think to when you've got an actual competitor on television, maybe you have to do more. I could see them going the route of calling it like an NXT homecoming and having... Balor, Nakamura, Owens, Zayn, having no all way of the, Jose. No Way Jose, your big stars going back to NXT, like Bailey, uh, Charlotte Flair. Maybe you advertise that as the return of Sasha Banks, like she's going to return to face, like fight for the women's championship. Survivor Series. So have NXT, so have old none of versus new crop, or like when when uh, football clubs do like uh, old boys versus new boys, yeah. yeah. Have so have none of the actual NXT stars on the show, or well, like no, no, against like you have the them facing new, okay, them. Yeah, cool. yeah, to like try and put them over and like create some new stars. Yeah. But you advertise it's like a big homecoming thing. That'd on be amazing. on our yeah. earlier point, this is now the hottest ever day in July in the UK in history. There hottest. you go, it's hottest day ever. About and I love it. I can't stand it. Love it, mate. More um, like this, please. Juan de Dios Infante <laughs> says food. <laughs> says food oh, for oh, your oh, plate. Yeah, I don't want it like that. <laughs> Sorry. Food for your plates, he says, which is from his donation, so he's giving us food for oh, our Oh, I see. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, I need I it. will eat well. Mm, I had uh, a lovely um, uh, uh, chicken, big air quotes for podcast listeners, tikka masala for lunch then. It was genuinely delightful. Good. Uh, Tomo, on the hottest day of the year, on oh, the hottest yeah. day ever in July, I'll have a tikka masala. Oh, yes, Thank please, you. mate. Tomo says, Tomo. I honestly prefer Martinez. Uh, over Lee, <gasps> but that's just me. Tommy, you're fired. Yeah. Heel. <laughs> as, as, at least he said it's just him. Yeah. So, like, it's literally just him. So he's admitting that he's wrong. Yes. Yeah. You want to hear some iTunes reviews? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, this one comes in from Barnacle Length that says, Sometimes I hate wrestling and I find myself asking, why do I watch this? But listening to the WrestleTalk podcast makes me want to stay involved. Shame you, shame on you, WrestleTalk. It's like having a lovely time with the boys and talking about all things wrestling. Good content, good brands. I'm meh for the Super Chats, but hooked on the rest. Basically, it's fine. It's, that's all we wanted. Yes, with random. See, I think emojis don't show up on my laptop right. in iTunes reviews, but Ollie has asked for people to put emojis at the end of them. 
Maybe because they also don't show up. Ollie signs his name with an emoji. He does, actually, yeah. Yeah. It's the most consistent signature out of the three of us when we are signing things. True, yeah. yeah. Um, broken Andy Barter. because it's like a baby did it. <laughs> Broken Andy, he doesn't really do it actually, he yeah. gets his assistant to do it. <laughs> Broken Andy Barca says, The most consistently consistent content that you could ever ask for, keep up the fine work. And Dead Meat 73214 says, Like a conversation with your mate. If your mates never let you speak, or acknowledge your presence in the conversation, or know who you are, finish with a random emoji. Hey! hey. Thank you very, very much for all of those. Uh, yeah, thank you for all of your reviews. Make sure you leave nice five star reviews, they very much help us. Um, not a one star review, they're a bit awful. Um, and we had this holding us back. <laughs> uh, we had this, and I'll save that for the Saturday show, I think. But I'm going to read this one from Chris Smith, who says, Greetings, Luke, Ollie, and blah, blah, blah. We all know how the intro goes by now. I just want to let you guys know that I recently passed my third year university exams, and I used the WrestleTalk magazine to do it. What? My English exam required me to submit an example of a discourse colo- uh, colony. A fancy term for non-fiction text used as uh, usually a list of some kind. I thought he meant, co- assuming he meant say column, mm. but he's used discourse colony. Colony. Mm. Um, I submitted an excerpt for the Rust Talk 2018 End of Year Awards. Not only was this accepted by the marker, but the physical page also had to be approved before the exam uh, to make sure I hadn't written any notes on it. It amused me to imagine the head of the English department reading your arguments for why the Young Bucks deserve to be tagged team of the year over the Golden Lovers. Hopefully, you convinced her. Anyway, now that I've passed, I just want to say thanks for all the content, and hopefully I'll see you at Royal Quest. Support Rust Talk, and they'll support you. Thank you very much, Chris, and congratulations, mate, on passing your exam. Oh, yeah, very well done. Very, very well done to you. Uh, This comes in from Brock, who says, Dear Luke Chopper, El Blakedor, Housemate Hyman, Ollie Lesnar, and screw you, Blake Ham, you bastard. Sorry in advance this is a bit long, but I wanted to share a quick couple of things. I noticed on last week's magazine show you had correspondence coming in from the Green green Bastard of Parts Unknown Canada. This is actually a reference made TV show called Trailer Park Boys. I love that show, so I I popped pretty hard when I heard it. You a fan of Trailer Park Boys? No. No. Secondly, I've started a D&D campaign yes. uh, with an... Ar- oh, I can never say this. A Druids? Aracocra. Yeah, Aracocra. I always get Aracocra. that wrong. Because it's written down. It doesn't look like it sounds, even mm. though it does. Mm. But I always struggle to say it. Because we fought some Aracocras. Aracocra. Old pricks. Uh, who was avenging the death of his frogs and seeking the return of Frogzilla, who was captured during the massacre. Don't really know anything about D&D prior to you guys talking about it, so thank you for enlightening me. Thirdly, on the topic of time zones, here in Australia, Raw and SmackDown usually air about 10am to 11am, depending on daylight savings times, and pay-per-views will air anywhere from 8am starts, uh, depending on the length. I just wanted to say that despite the super inconvenient time slot for this, my fiancé, my brother, and sister-in-law all managed to avoid spoilers each and every pay-per-view until we've had the time to watch them and discuss the show. Staying off social for a few hours is not that hard. Finally, I heard Randy say the other day that Pete has two number one fans. It's clearly wrong because I'm the real number one Pete fan. If anyone tries to oppose this, I will chop down all the challenges to prove my worth. <laughs> but yes, you guys know that uh, you're going into the big leagues when you could say you've had the John Cena on the Ramble. How cool. So he's referring to um, Steve. <laughs> Uh, PBS, The Fiend is so effing cool. Thank you for all the hard work. Your, uh, wow- your, your yowiest of wowies, Brock from Down Under. <laughs> the yowiest of wowies. That's a very cool way to end off. Um, I didn't tell you about this either, but we had an email in from someone who works at a pub called The Crown and Anchor in Covent Garden. Oh, yeah. Who invited us in for beers. Ooh, Hello, mate. I like beers. Yeah. Do you want to go- Are we going for beers after work? 
Uh, I have to get a train. <sighs> but I might be able to come for a beer. As well, I think I'm only going to stick around for yeah. a beer. But a I, beer. When it's this nice, I just want to sit in a beer garden. Mm. And I, think I mean, we could go now. Yeah, we could go now. Well, really. I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. If Screen Stalker's done, yeah. you can go. Would you bloody better be Simon. Simon. Simon? I mean, I haven't had a lunch break yet, so we could just go. Uh, this comes in from Ashley, and it uh, specifically says, question for the NXT Wrestle Ramble. Ooh. Hello, Luke, Laurie, Pete, Randy, and I suppose Ollie, even though he won't listen to this podcast, for marks. I wanted to pose this question to you regarding all of the rumours of NXT's possible move to FS1 from a different perspective. Mm. My brother is an alumni of Full Sail University's bachelor's and master's programme, making him an NXT crowd regular from 2015 to 2018. One of the really cool things he told me about the Full Sail NXT partnership is that a good portion of the people who work on the shows are interning through their full sale degrees. That's why some of the camera work's not it's not to a professional level because they are learning. It's a developmental mm. system not just for in-ring talent. It's a developmental system for people behind the cameras as well. That's awesome. It's a really fun way of doing That's things. Really and I cool. think it's a really cool partnership that they've got. Massive respect for that. Absolutely. Um, from the cameraman to production and setup, a lot of what you see is done by students. While I'm very excited to hear about the possibility of NXT getting on network TV and getting more eyes on the product, even if it gets fewer eyes than AEW, I'm concerned that it may ruin the partnership between WWE and Full Sail. Mm. Do you think a move to FS1 can happen while still having Full Sail help create slash produce the show or will Fox want to bring in their own team? Fox would absolutely want to bring in their own team. Yeah. I don't think any any TV channel or company would go, let's have student films on them. Like, yeah. you know, hopefully there is the means by which to keep the partnership alive by having smaller sections of the show filmed by students from Full Sail still or Alternatively, if there is some network replacement for NXT, like a, maybe they film more things on the house show circuit of yeah. NXT, and then that, that sort of goes into like a main event style NXT yeah. package, and that might include more of the developmental matches like we were talking about earlier on the podcast. Like, mm -hmm. There's definitely that ability with it. Yeah. But that's a really interesting angle, actually. Like, I never I never really thought of it that way before. Absolutely. Uh, Ashley continues saying, could this mean an end to the Full Sail era, which has not only had so much significance to the wrestlers, but the Full Sail crowd, many of which have been to every single taping for years? If the partnership between Full Sail and WWE ends, do you think NXT would tour with SmackDown a la 205 Live, seeing as though there are rumours that it may not be around for much longer? It's a lot of questions, I know, and I apologise, but as someone who loves NXT and has had such a personal connection to the show and fans, I've been thinking about this a lot over the past few few days. Perhaps this may lend itself to a weekend ramble better. I just feel it needs to be uh, posed to an NXT crew first. Do with this email whatever you think is best. Thanks for everything you do for all your hard work. And as a picture it didn't happen, here's my favourite screen grab of my brother on NXT. The night uh, that Champa returned to Full Sail to explain why he turned oh. on Gargano at NXT TakeOver Chicago 1. Note Champa is taped with uh, electrical... Uh, note Champa is taped over with electrical tape on his t-shirt. Oh that's awesome. He's wearing a Gargano... He's wearing the DIY t-shirt. But he's put electrical. Oh, sorry. The image. Sorry, just come down. Just, no, why don't you show me the image? And he's put electrical tape over the champer part of the DIY T-shirt. That's amazing. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I, and actually, that's it is a really interesting point to make actually about the connection to Full Sail because I, you would lose so much of NXT's personality if you moved it. Yeah. And if you made it a traveling show as well, you would you would have the risk that it would, you know be like Smackdown where sometimes half the arena is empty and you can hear it and you can feel it yeah. and there is like you know it affects the performers whereas having a smaller packed house and just doing NXT as a show TV that show. It, as a TV show that's taped ahead of time 
I think is a much better idea. Yeah. I, you know, and as, as fun as live television is, like, sometimes taping in advance is just better. Exactly. When you look at how NXT does as a touring brand, like, it mm. doesn't draw in big houses. No. So if you were to then take it on the road to do TV, yeah. it's not going to look as good. But you, And you've got to imagine if it, if it gets glommed on to SmackDown or Raw or whatever whatever imaginary situation you did with that, it's going to get treated the exact same as 205 Live exactly, or main event yeah. matches where before they're going to be put on when people are filing into the arena. Nobody cares. These talents are never going to get over oh, in the way man. that you want them to. Yeah. Whereas you're better keeping them in isolation. And then when they do show up on Raw and SmackDown, it is a big deal. When Alistair Black turned up in the UK when we were at Raw, it was a massive deal. Oh, like yeah. We'd seen him twice on NXT TV and then he just popped up on main event to kill Kurt Hawkins yeah and me and housemate Simon were in the arena as that happened and we both lost it because yeah. we were like oh my god it's Alistair the black <laughs> it was wicked yeah it was really really cool oh but you were there too I was yeah I think we were in a completely different part yeah, of the arena right, yeah. together but yeah it was really awesome um, but anyway thank you so much for your email actually it was a really interesting perspective that I don't think I'd, I hadn't taken into consideration mm. um, until you mentioned it so yeah that's a really really good point it's going to be a very interesting couple of months in terms of NXT and where this show is going to go. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, as we we're kind of like mentioning in the show, I don't know what we're going to be doing, but we'll work something out. We've got a lot of uh, admin to do. About, so much admin. A lot of scheduling to do. Oh, we? we're yeah. like an NXT wrestler yeah. talking all about ba- admin. All based on things that we we can't have any control over. But thank you so so much for listening. Uh, Ollie and I will be back on Saturday with the Wrestle Ramble Saturday magazine show. Don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. We haven't quite decided. Maybe we'll talk about AEW on TV and how it's going to go head to head with NXT. So thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>